Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play it's Friday and it's cool outside. I, I don't. Was it Bing Crosby that wrote that song? The song that came to mind. It's cold outside. What I don't remember who that was. What, I get mad. It might have been Bing Crosby, but I can hear that playing in the background as we begin to hear you know Christmas music all up and down coastal Mississippi. It's a beautiful time of year to be here. It's a great time of the year to go visit communities across this wonderful place. And uh, buy those special Christmas gifts and eat at some of the finest restaurants and take in the small town flair, this wonderful, throt, vibrant uh, region of Mississippi, the economic engine for, for Mississippi, coastal Mississippi. Uh, listen, it's Friday, so uh, we're going to get right to it. We're going to move over to my friend from uh, NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune, a uh, sports columnist. Uh, Jeff Duncan, my good friend, we used to work together in New Orleans, and he's here on Coast View every Friday, and we really appreciate it. How you doing, my friend? Ricky, I'm doing good. You got me. Uh, you got me kind of wistful for uh, for the <laughs> holidays, man. It's, it, it, I will say this: it it has to be a little cool like this for me to get in the holiday spirit. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. And this is time of year. I spend more time up in the Mississippi Delta. It's just a yeah, cold makes you makes you want to go to the Delta. That's that's how it makes me feel. And when I'm in the Delta, I do feel the Christmas spirit. But you know, you love coastal Mississippi. You spent a lot of time in Bay St. Louis and taking it all in. You eventually maybe want to buy a house here. But um, this is a great time of year to go walk around Old Town Bay St. Louis and along the beachfront there. And you know, really, you can do that at each of the communities that line coastal Mississippi. Uh, it's really a cool time of year. Have you have you been over there since the Christmas spirit started to enter into Bay St. Louis? No, but I've got plans to come over uh, in, in about a week or so after I get back from San Francisco with my neighbors who are also looking for a place over there. They've been scouting um, for about a month or so, and they went over last weekend and just had a blast. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely vibrant. It's definitely uh, rocking right now, as we all know, there's been so many cool things to go do over there with Second Saturday and the cruising the coast recently. So uh, a lot of things to and, and look. Adele made a great point, and you can live and work over there and still get over to New Orleans. That's the great thing about the the location is if you want to get over here to a concert or do a basketball game or a football game, it's such an easy drive, and I think that's what makes it so attractive. Yeah, she sounded like a local. When I say a local, a New Orleans local, because yeah. she loves that city. And right, I mean we're all part of this community, which is why you believe, uh, you know, joining me each Friday is important because you know, and the Saints organization knows, and the Pelicans organization knows that the Gulf region is what makes the Saints thrive. So the Saints may be having a challenging season, but there, there's you're never going to change the reality that. This, this entire Gulf region is why the Saints and the Pelicans are so successful. No, they're, they're definitely a regional team, one of the NFL's strongest regional teams. I mean, New Orleans itself, the metropolitan area, is one of the smaller markets in the NFL. But when you start to incorporate Mississippi and southern Alabama and, of course, even over into East, uh, East Texas, uh, there's a huge draw. And as you and I have talked about before, 
the thing that I think separates New Orleans from, say, even other regional markets uh, in the NFL, like Kansas City's a regional market, um, is the fact that it's in the middle of the most football-crazy part of the country. I mean, there's no no place in the country that is more football-mad than the Gulf Coast of, of, of this United States. Between Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana, you got the SEC West, uh, stadiums filled for football, high school football is huge, uh, and that's why the Saints are so beloved. Speaking of the SEC West, um, man, it's great to kind of see it get shuffled a bit, isn't it? Yeah, I, I've gotten tired of college football to some degree at the highest level because it's the same names over and over, so it's really refreshing to see some new faces in there, maybe see some schools win national championships. I think it's good for the game. Uh, I, I'm a bit a big proponent of expanding the college football playoff. I think they should go even bigger. I think it should be 16 teams and, and make it more inclusive. And I think we'll see a little bit of a leveling of the playing field, Ricky, if you do that, because kids will, recruits will want to go to schools, more schools, if they're included in the mix. Right now, it feels very top-heavy in college football. So this year has been very refreshing, although it's going to take somebody pretty good to beat Georgia. It will take somebody very good to beat Georgia for sure. Hey, in a future show, I want to come, we'll circle back and talk about how NIL might be going, and especially the, the opening of the transfer portal and changing that that whole rule, how that actually might have created a little bit of parity. You know, it'd, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts yep. on that. But we won't go there now. Hey, listen, before we get to the Saints, and we need to we need to turn the heat up on this part of the conversation because while the Saints may be struggling, the Pelicans finally have this wonderful team they put together. And you watch that chemistry begin to build. Zion, he's been, you know, he's had some small injuries here and there. But the reality is this collection of players they have right now and that coach and that general manager, they're in sync right now, aren't they, Jeff? Yeah, they found their stride a little bit. They hit some bumps in the road early, some injuries that kind of set back their growth and progress. I was just on the phone with my good friend Joel Myers, you know, the, the play-by-play announcer, and Joel – was telling me that he finally feels like they've hit their they, they know their roles they got the rotations down and this is the last two games they've won at home without Zion in the lineup uh, who's clearly their their most talented player so yes very very encouraging beating Memphis and Chicago back to back that's a sign of progress because this young team sometimes I, I think the biggest hurdle they have Ricky is the mindset and the mentality more than the physical ability that's all there. They've got to have that killer instinct, and we're starting to see a little bit of that develop right now. Well, they're playing aggressive. All the work that they did before the season started, the team-building exercises and all the work that they did, you could tell this coach really got it, that bringing these, this team together – you know, one, one, you know, he wants them to really respect one another, to like each other, to to love each other. I mean, that you can feel this sort of youthful exuberance coming out in the team. And then with, when you bring in people like McCollum, the, the leadership role that he's playing, and then Zion, I mean, even even injured from the sidelines, you just see the spirit and the enthusiasm, and he's having fun even when he's a little bit injured. It's just been it's been fun to watch, hasn't it? Well, and I tell you, the thing that's impressed me is their their depth right now. Their bench, when they go to the bench, they bring in these uh, these talented players like Jose Alvarado is just kind of the energizer bunny out there. Larry Nance Jr. I mean, he's been terrific lately. Trey Murphy's a rising star. He's going to be 
one of the best young players in the league probably by the end of the season. And then they've got this 19-year-old kid, Dyson Daniels, who was the first-round pick, who's just now kind of starting to get into the rotation. And this kid is going to be exceptional. They've got such a bright future right now, Ricky. It's so incredible. You know what? I still am blown away when Zion uh, checks up on you know the three-point you know line and rips the you know the bottom of the net out. I mean, this guy's got a great touch on the ball, doesn't he? Oh my gosh! And he's only going to keep getting better. I harken back to the old school days of you know Michael Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson, even guys like Jason Kidd, Ricky. They they didn't come into the NBA with great outside shots. But they worked on even LeBron James. They worked on their outside shot. That's something that comes with this skill work and practice. But eventually, he's going to develop that shot. Right now, he gets the bulk of his of his points in the paint, when, and that's smart to take advantage of that. But as he adds the perimeter shot to his game, he's going to become very difficult to stop. Uh, one other one other point. Uh, we wondered about this. You talked about this in great detail. Since he's a big guy, foot injuries are something you got to be concerned about. But man, to look at him, it is clear now that during when he finally decided to commit himself, he got in shape. This kid is in shape now, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a really good personal trainer. He spent a lot of time with, and they've worked on it. He's had a he's had a, a, a personal chef the entire time he's been here. He's had a trainer the entire time he's been here. It's it's more about the injuries preventing him from getting on, uh, uh, you know, doing much cardio work. Uh, he's a big guy. His dad was a defensive lineman, a college defensive lineman, uh, in, in, you know, in North Carolina. So his frame is always going to be kind of big. He's going to have to work to keep that weight off. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of like Deuce McAllister. I remember when Deuce McAllister came out of of Ole Miss. He was a big guy. And, and he struggled every year, he told me, in keeping the weight off. Because his dad, if you've ever met Deuce's dad, Deuce's dad's a big man. And I remember Jim Hazlitt used to kid Deuce every year that he was going to have to find him for being overweight to start training camp because it just didn't naturally, his body naturally gained weight. And yeah. we see him now post, post-playing career. I mean, he's a big guy. He's like his dad. So yeah. I think that's always going to fight those genetics. Zion floats like a butterfly, stings like a bee, and he's got a little bit of bull in him too, man. When he when he's underneath the rim, he is dominant, man. It's incredible to watch him. But then at the same time, he's got that wonderful, like this instinctful touch on the ball. He doesn't yeah. always just try to slam it in. He's just he's just trying to get a bucket. And sometimes it's just the slightest touch. Isn't it incredible to watch that? For someone to be as physical as he is, like you said, to absorb the contact, he's amazing with the touch he's able to show around the rim. Because if you've ever been to an NBA game and sat down low and just see how big these guys are and how visible it is in the lane, I mean, you and I would be getting sprawled out, you know, sideways. So he's, he's gifted. And unbelievable. Hey, listen, we, we delayed as long as we possibly can to talk about the Saints. When we come back after this break, we're going to get Jeff's take on sort of where this team is. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coastal. You know, we're really lucky here in Coastal Mississippi to have the opportunity to follow the New Orleans Saints, the, the New Orleans Pelicans, and now we've got hockey back at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum. It's uh, it's we're, we're lucky. And then, we, you know, we've got some of the best college sports to pay attention to in the nation here. Uh, there is no shortage of uh, of sports enthusiasm to 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 actually seek. That is for sure. And speaking of enthusiasm, not a lot of people are super enthusiastic about the Saints these days. Um, you, there were signs early on that they were beginning to put it together. At the very moment, you thought, "Wow, they might actually put it together," in spite of the injuries. Man, they lay some eggs. But anyway, here to help us kind of sort through the mess is uh, Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. You know, I told you before we started, reading NOLA.com, the collection of stories on NOLA.com is sort of like reading an inquest. You know, know, it's almost like an autopsy is happening of a team that might have already died. But I know there's still some hope out there, but it doesn't feel that way. What's your take on where we are, Jeff, and where we're going? Well, I've covered some of these uh, losing seasons in my career. It's just been a while, Ricky. We haven't seen a season like this in a while. And I think it's really kind of a little bit of a wake-up call for the fan base uh, that maybe took for granted a little bit the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era. Uh, I think we all did to some degree. And, and, And learning just how difficult it is to replace a head coach and a quarterback like that. I mean, those are Hall of Fame type of talent and leaders and um historically if you look around the league it just it's very difficult to replace players like that and coaches like that and i think we're seeing the byproduct of that i mean there's players uh the the list of injuries that came out this week ricky i haven't seen anything like that i mean 13 players 10 10 didn't practice they they hardly have enough players to practice right now and uh these are these are the hallmarks of a losing team when things are going bad uh, players start getting injured, and um, they already have a lot of guys on injured reserve, so it makes it difficult to win games when your best players are on the sidelines. It is, uh, it is, it is hard to watch, man. Uh, and what's so interesting to me, and what's so disappointing to me, is that we we uh, brought in sort of uh, uh, the, the the highest form of uh, trainer you can get that was supposed to lead to less injuries. And then we get we have a season sort of like last year, but even worse. What's your take on that? Just bad yeah. luck? No, yeah, I think it's bad luck. I mean, if you look around <laughs> the league, one of the, one of the things that I try to do in my job, and I probably don't do a good enough job of it, is uh, you know give perspective to people. I mean, this is going on all over the NFL. I mean, I, I watched the, we all watched the Bills Vikings game last week. Incredible game. Justin Jefferson, local kid, has an amazing catch and. And the Bills end up losing that game. But the Bills are missing five of their top six defensive backs. I mean, five of their top six, Ricky. They have one guy out there that's a regular player. And that's why Minnesota was able to pass all over him. I watched the the Rams in preparation for the game this week. Their entire – I think they have one starting offensive lineman right now. So it, it every team is dealing with these things, but it makes it difficult to win. The ones that are healthiest, often the ones that are winning. Philadelphia, they – they had a stat on their game Monday night. I know they finally lost, but 17 of their 22 starters haven't missed a game all year. 17. Unreal. So, yeah. see, it, a lot of this just comes down to good fortune and bad fortune. And you said you said going into the season that these are the things that will test this team and how will Dennis Allen handle the adversity? How will he deal with that and 
so far, <clears throat> not so good, I guess. Hey, real quick on Jefferson, I want to point out that on that catch that he made in that Bills game, first of all, it was unbelievable as he reached back with one yeah. hand. And, you know, the, the, the actual defensive back played it extremely well. That yeah. kid, Jefferson, is is top-notch. He's like one of the best I've ever seen. Well, you could make an argument that two of the – certainly two of the best young receivers in the league are both from right here, uh, Jefferson from Desrahan and Jamar Chase with the Bengals from New Orleans. Uh, both of them played on the same LSU team with Joe Burrow. I think the further we get from that 2019 LSU season, the more the legacy gets enhanced by how great that and talented that team was. Un- <clears throat> unbelievable. Well, so uh, as you analyze things, he the, the coach has come out and said that that he's sticking he's sticking with the quarterback and that um, Winston's injuries are he still really has, isn't where he needs to be in terms of his injuries. But uh, you think his injuries is what's calling him causing him to make that decision, or he just feels like we're in better hands with Dalton? I, I wish I had a good answer for you. I don't really know. It's a very murky situation. If you talk to Jameis. Privately, uh, he thinks he's fine. The Saints clearly don't think he's fine. But uh, I, I'm not sure that even in, it, as bad as the team is playing right now, as many injuries as they have, I don't think it's going to matter. It's kind of like the old saying, moving deck chairs around on the Titanic. Uh, the quarterback, I and mean, we're not talking about Drew Brees here. We're talking about kind of journeyman guys at this stage of their career. And the Saints are just trying to tread water. I guess if I want going to give a positive outlook on this, they play a team this week, Ricky, in the Rams that probably have more problems than the Saints have. I mean, they're really struggling. Uh, they, they've scored 20 points or fewer in their last three games. They've, they've uh, lost five of their last six. Uh, now, Matthew Stafford's going to be back, but Cooper Cup, their Pro Bowl receiver, is out this week. They All their receivers are, are pretty much banged up. So this is a team the Saints can beat, and you just never know. Sometimes you get a win, and it, it sparks something, and you get a little confidence but the Saints desperately need it because next week they go to San Francisco, and that team is scary good. And uh, I just don't know if they can beat San Francisco as banged up as they are right now. So they almost have to get a win this week. Yeah, it's been amazing to watch it. What a what a turnabout for Garoppolo. I know we talked a little bit about him last week, but gosh, man, that 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 given the injury they had at quarterback to have somebody like Garoppolo standing there ready to play. It just it just worked out for them, didn't it? Yeah, and that's you know they were trying to trade him, couldn't move him, and it turned out to be the best thing for them. And I think you know Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis learned that lesson a few years ago as Drew Brees started getting older. They started investing in the backup quarterback position, and it really saved them when Drew got hurt those years with Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Uh, the Saints just this is the thing about the quarterback position, Ricky. I mean. You've got to be good there because I think it affects everyone else on the team. When you're good, when you have the guy there, it it just kind of gives confidence to everyone else, and you see everyone else believe they can win games. Uh, so it has kind of a, a you know immersive effect on the rest of the roster. And right now, I don't think the players are truly confident that they can get it done at the quarterback position. And no one's told me that, but I just watched them, and you can almost read it in their body language once they get down. Uh, it's very difficult for this team to come back. And the, the real problem right now, Ricky, is they're so banged up in the offensive line, they can't run the ball. And that's their bread and butter. They've got their two best players, Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill, in the backfield. But if you can't block anybody, it doesn't matter. 
And so it really has a compounding effect on their ability to score points. What are you hearing? What are you hearing from folks as you just sort of walk around town, go to lunch, you know, go to the Saints facility? Is the mood really bad? What what are you what what you what you sensing? Well, I think the worst thing is uh, you've got a lot of apathy now, and that doesn't happen very often here. And people are almost seem like they've moved on, turned the page on this season. They've seen this uh, movie before. I think the disappointment was beat the, beat the Raiders. Yeah, their hopes up a little bit that they're putting things together, and they've just gotten pounded the last two weeks by two physical teams, and that's where the Saints have made their made their bread and butter the last few years is their their offensive and defensive lines, and they're they're just not measuring up there in part because of major injuries on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, I think people feel like this is a this is a lost season, and have uh, kind of moved on to either the college ranks because LSU and Tulane are having such good years. Or like we've talked about earlier with the Pelicans. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, your assessment of the defense now based on sort of where we are. Well, I mean, look, they missed 14 tackles against the Steelers. I mean, that's really egregious. That's something we're not used to seeing out of this team. Uh, I think right now the game plan the Steelers had, just get their ball out to their backs and their receivers in space. And the Saints really could not wrap up in the open field, could not get players down. That's a bad sign. That's a sign of a team that's not intense, not focused. And it's also a sign of a team that doesn't have Marshawn Lattimore, who's a very good open field tackler and the best Pro Bowl corner. And listening to Dennis Allen this week, Ricky, I don't know if Marshawn Lattimore is going to play again this season. It's a very difficult injury. He's got kind of a kidney injury. It's a very sensitive situation. Uh, Surprising they haven't put him on injured reserve. Uh, that's another thing I think that's confused some fans and in the media is Michael Thomas and Marshawn Lattimore and Jarvis Landry, three star players. None were placed on the short term IR, which is a four four game window. Uh, so people think they're coming back because they weren't used on the IR and they've been ex- out extended periods of time. Hey, yeah, look, you and I talked about that. I remember the place just like it just happened when he got stepped on in his abdomen area. You know, you you worry about maybe the abdominal muscles and whatever, but there's a lot of vital organs in that area. And as you as you point out, he did get some type of internal injury, and um, and it, I mean it's a vulnerable spot to be to be stepped on in the way that he was stepped on. He knew when he got up that he had a he had a big issue. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, well, I wish we had more time, but listen, it's been great catching. Up with you. We'll talk more about the Pelicans in the future. If you're not paying attention to Pelicans, incidentally, kind of zero in a little bit. It's a fun team to watch, not just in terms of the game itself, but when when the you know when the game's not going on, they they're doing a lot of cool stuff. You got a great collection of players. It's going to be fun season to watch. They're actually going to do pretty well this season. Uh, anyway, Jeff, it's been it's been my pleasure, my friend. Yeah, we'll talk next week. I'll be in San Francisco next week. I'll be talking to you from the West Coast. Oh, awesome! I'm looking forward to it. Listen, we'll see you after this break. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.